welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Leland, usually you and I are opening up, talking about whatever happened this weekend, and we could have talked about Brooks Kepka's grand choke job in the Masters. We could have talked about uh, how good of a gambling week it was for me, but instead, let's talk about something that actually matters to our local audience. We brought on Patrick Height this week, and Patrick, you wrote a story about Kenny Brooks. Uh, Leland and I have been singing his praises here the last few weeks, but you actually were able to, you know, write an article and just we want to get your perspective yeah and talk with him yeah Yeah, we (laughs) haven't been able to talk to him because we're not important um but you actually got to talk to him uh let's get your perspective on how you came away from that conversation and then a little bit about the article yeah so i got a chance to talk to him right before the ncaa tournament started so that weekend between the acc tournament and the ncaa tournament which you know i was kind of surprised that he I, th- I figured he was pretty pretty busy that week. I, I mean, I don't know, just kind of <laughs> prepping. Even though they didn't know who the opponent was, I figured he would be busy. He was great. Like, he he called me. One, I'm just sitting at my desk one day, and I had put a request in and never heard back from him. Um, and then I get a call from – it had a Harrisonburg number. Um, I think it was a Harrisonburg number. I, 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 anyway, I, and, and I was like, okay, let me answer this. And it's Kenny. And he talks to me for a long time, it just very friendly. And then we get a chance to talk again, um, more in a press conference setting, uh, the week um, before the Final Four. And, you know, I, I just, I'm so happy for Kenny. Um, but I think we did the story because he's a Waynesboro guy, right? And I think it's important to the Waynesboro community. I think it's important to the Black community in Waynesboro that uh, I'm not going to say that he's succeeding because I think he already succeeded, right? What he did at JMU. He came in and in bad circumstances, actually, when he took over, there was some some player uprising there and some things going on there. And, and he was able to settle that down and get that program back to, you know, Sheila Mormon had done a great job at Jamie at one point, but that's that's kind of the dark ages of women's basketball. I, I think he got that Jamie program to be a really competitive program at that level um, and get them you know, pretty much consistently in the NCAA tournament or with a chance to go. So he had success there. Then he got hired by an ACC program, a Power Five conference. He's had success and, and had immediate success there. That, that program had had one winning season in like, I don't know, nine years or something. Um, and he immediately went in and got a winning season that first year and, ha- and had success. So I think this year the, the great thing was that he got the national attention. Right. He had not gotten that before, right? So we knew if you follow Kenny, you knew he'd had success at JMU and Virginia Tech. But this year he got that national attention. And I think that made everybody back home so proud. And so that's one of the things I wanted to talk to Kenny about was just, you know, what it was like, what he heard from Waynesboro, what Waynesboro meant to him. And he was so open about that, just how how much Waynesboro and playing at the YMCA and growing up with Corey Alexander, he and Corey are really tight. Um, and how much that really kind of made him into the player he was. Um, and then, you know, he, he also got at, at JMU. He he learned under Lefty Drizel, and Lefty helped get him that first coaching job as an assistant. Uh, so he gave a lot of credit to Lefty for, for that. Um, and, and then, you know, the rest of it's kind of just kind of he moved around. He went to VMI and then back to JMU and then got the as an assistant on the women's program and then got the head coaching job. And, and here he is now all these years later. So, um, so yeah, it was just a fun conversation with him and 
um, we, we got a chance to talk about building that, uh, that program uh, at Virginia Tech and, and how difficult that was, you know, getting players to Virginia Tech that he thought he could win with. Um, and, and it took him time. Uh, but, and he was talking about how, you know, Kitley um, and um, um, Amor, kind of the players that, that really kind of, kind of really changed things for him at Tech. And so, you know, I opened the story with, that's the first two players he saw after the ACC championship win and how he just kind of broke down in tears because he knew that how much they meant to the program. So, um, so yeah, I just, I, I think it was a lot of fun talking to him and I, I'm so happy for him. I really felt bad that they could not pull it out in the final four. Um, but, but if there was any criticism of him at all this year, it was that, that he just did not have a super deep bench, right? He had, right. It, it, you know, he had some players on that bench that maybe could have played, but they never really saw the court. And we, again, it's one of those things we go back to. We don't know what happened. Uh, you know, we were going to offer, we don't know what happens in, in practice and why, why those players didn't see the floor, but he didn't have a super deep bench. And I think that just kind of came back to kind of bite them late in that semifinal game. But Hey, <laughs> he put Virginia tech on the map and I think they're going to be a power for a while. I'm not saying they'll get back to the final four every year, but I think they're an NCAA tournament team every year. And, and I think you got to be, you know, I think they're going to be a team that could be dangerous every year. And and that's going to help recruiting too, right? What they had yeah. players that want to come now to Virginia tech and play for Kenny Brooks. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, on the, you know, the bigger spectrum of it all, you know, with that national attention, you know, I think it's awesome how Kenny's kind of put his name. Like I, I started thinking about you know, maybe not like Mount Rushmore, but you know, we talk about the, you know, the most famous people from sports from our area. And then you talk about Ralph Sampson and, and Corey Alexander and, and Del Curry, the, the guys that have national names. And, and now that Kenny has like put his stamp in with those guys. And I was, you know, as, as good as coaching we've had locally at the high school levels, you know, all these other names I just mentioned, on the national level, our players. So I, I just think it's cool that Kenny has kind of paved this path where he has gotten that national attention from a coaching position and put his name right up there with those other guys, which locally we would throw Kenny Brooks in. But nationally now, people from, you know, western side of Virginia, you know, Kenny's going to be right there with him. I, I think that's a, a really cool aspect for him. And, and for how much of a fan of Kenny I am, I just love that that's happening, you know, without me just sitting here spouting it. I, I totally agree. And he did it in women's basketball too, which, yeah. you know, I mean, let's face it, women's basketball has been working and working and working to get the attention. It looks like it finally got it this year. We'll have to yeah. see how much, if that lasts, but um, it, it certainly got the attention this year. And and Kenny, you're right. Kenny has, has made a national name for himself in women's basketball. And I, you know, I'm, I'm right now off the top of my head, it's tough to find another local guy who's made it or, 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 person that's made it as a coach at that level um I, maybe we don't have yeah. we don't have any <laughs> I mean yeah I, I, don't, I don't think there is I haven't I've been thinking yeah. for weeks on it I mean you know I know probably regionally even outside of the state coach Hatcher gets named you know I mean he is famous on this side of the country in high school basketball but you know you're not going to California talking about him but like people at Stanford <laughs> you know Stanford's women's basketball you know it's a big program there they know who Kenny Brooks is now. So just for the coaching ranks, I, I think Kenny's kind of stepped up to the top of it of popularity and, and, and great success. So 
I agree. Uh, and and again, I, I think it's just it, it's good for for him. It's good for Virginia Tech. It, yeah. It's good for for this area and Waynesboro and and everybody that knows him. It, it's just fun to watch social media and all the people that knew Kenny when when he was in high yeah. school and 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 right after high school and just how happy they were for for him. It was, <laughs> it was fun to watch that. You see those things on social media, and then you also see Magic Johnson and <laughs> the other infinitely <laughs> famous guys well, tweeting that was about it. Happy for Kenny that's, Brooks, and I'm like, oh my goodness! Like, <laughs> that's why I, I talked. We talked a little bit about that when I talked to Kenny, and, yeah. and even he was kind of blown away by that, right? That Magic Johnson <laughs> yeah. knows his name. He's like, Magic Johnson knows my name. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I think he told me that a lot of this stuff he. That, that that was the good story. That's the story I shared that he yeah. does what we would do, right? You see Virginia Tech listed as a possible number one seed, right? When the NCAA tournament was coming up, he would take his phone out and take pictures of that or video that <laughs> when Virginia Tech was that's the stuff that you and I. Yes, would, absolutely. <laughs> um, and he's doing that because he's a fan and he's, you know, he's never really had this success at, at a national level. So, yeah, yeah he, he said he's going to kind of, take all that in and hopefully now in the off season, he can kind of go back and look at that and, and enjoy it. Cause it was tough to enjoy that in the moment. He was sure. getting ready for another game, another game, another game. But I think now that he can, in the off season, maybe he can, can enjoy that a little bit. Patrick, I wanted to ask you, and, and this is a bit of, I'm asking for speculation. I know. Um, but you know, the VMI jobs, the JMU jobs, those are all local jobs. Virginia tech is still somewhat of a local job. It's in state. If Kenny Brooks continues to have this success, do you think Kenny Brooks is a guy who leaves the state and goes to another program? Or do you think he's a guy who's just absolutely loves where he is and is happy? You know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if, it's tough to say if a major program yeah. came along and, and offered him money that, that was a good fit for him and his family. Yeah, he, he might take that. But... I think what we found out this year and what we're seeing, what we're seeing, what we saw on the men's side this year, and I think the women's side is still a few years behind the men's game, but it's catching up, is that you can be competitive anywhere, right? And and Virginia Tech is in the ACC. It's a Power Five conference. They got they had a number one seed this year. It's not like it was a fluke getting to the Final Four. I mean, they were expected to get to the Final Four. They were a number one seed. So I think that the fact that he can have success anywhere if he's happy, he's a Virginia guy. If he's happy in Blacksburg, uh, his family's happy there, and and they continue to you know paying the money that that he he deserves, then why not stay there? Because I think you can. I think he showed that he can win there, and and I think now the next and they've shown they can win consistently there, right? I mean, they haven't been to a Final Four before, but they've had twenty one seasons. They've gotten to the NCAA tournament, so I. I you know, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say he's never going to leave, but yeah. you can win at Virginia Tech as well as you can win any place. I mean, yeah. short of yeah, Connecticut or sure. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, uh, but that's the thing. Those blue blood, UConn and, and Connecticut, they have so much in-house people that would vie for those jobs if they became available. Sure. Uh, you know, you know, you have the people, the list of people that came through Tennessee or UConn that would vie for that first. I, you know, I, I, I always look at South Carolina of like what she was able to build right there, you know, Don and what Staley. was South Carolina before, before her. So I'm like, sorry. I mean, he, he can do that here. I, I, I mean, I really hope he say, I, I, I think you have as good a chance of him staying as anybody, you know, like if I, 
if he gets paid somewhere else, good for him. And I, I will like it, but like somewhere in me, he's going to feel good for if, him. But I, I think we can keep him. I don't. <laughs> if he does, that's great. Him. Right. Because then Virginia tech, I think Virginia tech has that on the men's side with Mike young. I don't think Mike young's going anywhere. His age also has something to do with that. Kenny Brooks is sure. very much younger, but I also think the reason I asked that is I didn't know if, you know, talking to him, you got a different sense, but my, my sense in watching him at JMU and, him going to Virginia Tech wasn't a huge surprise because it's still in state, like I said, but he seems like a guy who's pretty centrally rooted in the state and and seems happy and he's able to build a winner wherever he goes. I Look, I think if another school, like you said, if a school just offers him bunny money and he can't turn that down, I get it. But otherwise, man, Virginia Tech would have hit it out of the park with both their basketball programs. I think their football coach is another guy who might be a contender in that if Brent Pry can turn that around because he's kind of grew up in the program a little bit under Beamer, like if they're able, and I, I, I guess this is my point. That's what Virginia tech needs to find, right? Cause they're not a Texas. They're not, you know, a, a, an Alabama or a Clemson, someone that had just has an insane amount or an Oklahoma state, even that has like this big benefactor booster that's able to pump their athletic department when they need to go sign a big coach. No, I agree. And, and I think the other thing, you know, talking to Kenny, you know, he talked about taking the, the tech job and how he wanted to get everybody in, in his family on board, right? They love JMU. They bled to purple and gold. And yeah. and his his he said his middle daughter, you know, didn't want him to go to tech because he had taught them to hate tech and hate Virginia. <laughs> He's like, we're JMU. We can be just as good as those programs. And so when he said, I'm going to tech, he's like, she felt like I was a traitor. Right? <laughs> that I'm going for the so I think it really is a family thing for him. And so you know, I, I think he's happy at Tech, and, yeah. and it just seems like he is. And um, I, I just don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. We'll, we'll see. But One thing I just looked up, because I, I actually looked this up a year ago when the men's team won the ACC. Uh, Mike Young is 59 years old. Kenny Brooks is 54 years old. They're 54. only five years apart. Yeah, Kenny's 54. because uh, Kenny looks yeah, great we for were, 54. And Mike Young, I love him, but I don't know if he looks great for 59. <laughs> He's an 87, 87 grad of Waynesboro High School. So yeah. um, the interesting one, I just talked to, I just had a story on newsletter.com today about uh, Reggie Harris yeah. uh, taking a, a pitching coaching job in New York. Well, Reggie and think how good those teams were back then. Reggie and, um, and he got a scholarship to play at Virginia Tech basketball. But he got drafted by, in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft, so he took that. But he and Kenny were in the same graduating class. They played in the same basketball team at Waynesboro. <laughs> and that's a guy that got a, a scholarship to Virginia Tech and one that got a scholarship to JMU. Yeah. That's, from this area, that's that's impressive. Yeah. They were good teams back I mean, that's what Waynesboro was back then. I mean, I remember – I know it's slightly past that, but Reggie Harris and Corey Alexander, when I was growing up, were always the biggest because they were the guys playing major league sports from this area. So that was cool to see on Reggie. I, I appreciated that article today. So we'll see. Yeah, I hope he does. I hope he does stay at Tech though, because I think yeah. it's a good fit for him, and, and I think the Tech community has embraced him. Yeah. Um, and just to see the love and and see all of the excitement out of Blacksburg this year with that run was just fun to watch. My my favorite tweet around Kenny. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, you know, it's always the, I mean, I follow a lot of people that are going to produce this or, you know, tweet back at people. Um, but it was like, you guys are all loving Kenny now, 
but it was just a year ago. You guys wanted him out of Blacksburg. And I was like, my mind was like, who wanted him out? Like, I, I thought we were getting high on him. But I was like, okay, there's the one crazy guy on Twitter that this guy saw last year that wanted Kenny out. But I was like, the next tweet I saw was someone from UVA saying, get Tony Bennett out of here right now. Like, I was like, there you go. Like, so there are those crazy fans you out there. You're, crazy you're saying fans. that. But someone on your fan base right now is saying, Tony Bennett, get out. Like, come on. There's, there are crazy people everywhere. <laughs> sure, sure. There, there are. And, and there's always going to be that fan that wants, wants to coach out. But, uh, but yeah, Kenny always. has done nothing but succeed at Virginia. I mean, that program was not a, a good women's basketball program no. before Kenny came. And they had the one Sweet 16 appearance, right? It was like in 99. Um, I, re- I remember that because I was 10 yeah. years old and my uncle was like, oh, we got to go to this Tech women's game. We're good. This is a good basketball team. And so, but then I, I remember after that, I was like, oh, are we going to go to any more tech women's basketball games? He's like, oh, they're not very good. So <laughs> they kind of fell off. Well, I was in college not too much after that as they hosted some games. And that was the last time they were any good with yeah. Hendrickson. So. And we're, we're uh, you know, um, the other thing, the WNBA draft, uh, two Virginia two Tech players there. taken in the draft for the first time in the history of that program, that, that two players taken in the same draft. So, yeah. uh, hey, he's, he has built something. That's special there, and and I don't see any reason it won't continue. I want to ask, you know, we're talking about women's basketball in general, and I want to broaden it a little bit before we get hyper-focused on Kenny again. Um, You had mentioned women's basketball is finally getting its national attention, and I wanted to ask you, I know Lila and I talked to a few theories, but one of the theories I had, and I want to get your opinion on it, I think one of the things that is, you know, unfortunately a double-edged sword, the WNBA doesn't pay as well as NIL, frankly. For a lot of these college students and so they come back and it helps the women's game caitlin clark's going to be back uh reese is going to be back at lsu kitley has said she's coming back at virginia tech like you have all these big time players at these big time programs coming back and so people who watch will be like oh great i'll follow along next season with these storylines and these players that i recognize and now i'll be invested in the regular season and drive those numbers up even more as they have kept on going up Whereas in the men's game, it's a lot of one and dones, and it's hard. I mean, as a college basketball fan, I Timmy from Gonzaga is like the one guy that I'm like, oh, that guy's still there. Okay. Um, yeah, he he can go anytime now. Please. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> Timmy. But to that point, like I've seen him so many times, I'm like, how? What year is he on? Like eight? Like hey, Bay, Baycott has been at Carolina forever. It seems. Like yeah. Carolina. Like anytime you see a guy multiple times, you're like, that can't be right. Like, what's he still doing there? <laughs> Um, it's interesting. I am, um, and I should know this, but I don't. Uh, I think the WNBA has different rules, right, than the NBA as far as who is eligible. Because I don't think Caitlin Clark was even eligible to come out this year if she had wanted to. If well, I'm not, I believe speaking. that's correct. I believe I remember reading a tweet like now, that. Kelly could have. Kelly surprised me in a way because there were projections of hers, possibly a top five pick in the draft. You know, top ten, and so. Uh, you know, I was a little surprised that she, because there's no guarantee that next year Tech's going to have that same level of success or she'll get that same attention. So uh, I was a little surprised she didn't come out. But you're right. The NIL money's there in women's basketball. WNBA doesn't play as much. And so you can make a, you know, you can survive in college, right? You can mm-hmm. make some some decent money. Um, and I think that's part of the reason. Um, you know, the other thing, without getting into it, I mean, Caitlin Clark was so, so big this year. And you know what? <laughs> Without getting into the uh, into the politics of everything, but I mean, having a white player succeed was something that was big. I think for for 
I, I think that there's certain players or certain fans that probably watch because of that. Um, and, and that's a sad statement, but, but I think it helped uh, a little bit drive up numbers. I loved watching her. She, she played a great game. Um, but you know, I, I think some of the black players that can do the same stuff, maybe don't get that same attention. Um, so I think that was one of the things that, that, that did it. But, you know, I, I think you just had all the storylines this year. I think you had the men's game where the NCAA tournament just kind of went really wacky and you know, a bunch of teams that, that you're not used to seeing. Um, I, and I don't want to hear that you didn't have any blue bloods in there because UConn's a blue blood. I don't care what anybody says. UConn is a blue blood. But everybody else that was in that Final Four was not expected to be there. While the women's program had those no, had those you know, bigger names. You had you had Caitlin Clark, who was big. You had South Carolina, who was the defending champion and on that that amazing streak. And and Don Staley has has been so good to the game. Um, you had you had Mulkey at. at LSU, who, you know, love her or hate her. Hate her. She has a name. And <laughs> she's, she's built a program. She's built right. two programs and now three programs. Um, so she's done the job. Um, and and then, you know, you had um, – who am I forgetting? The, uh, Kenny uh, Brooks. The, yeah, yeah. Kenny, uh, Kenny, yeah. <laughs> we had Virginia Tech, which was, again, not a, not a blue blood, not a team a lot of people are thinking about, but – a one seed. They they just energized yeah. the the mayor and they were a number one seed. So yeah, I think there's a lot of things that played into favor of women's college basketball this year that it's gonna have to keep that momentum somehow next year. But I think it can. I think the women's game's growing. Let's face it, it's probably never gonna be as big as the men's game, right? It's just never the WNBA is never gonna get the attention that the NBA gets, but I, I think it can get to the point where it's successful enough and people care enough about it that it that it'll be a successful I, I care about it now. You know, I watched I watched closely to see who the Mystics picked in the NBA uh, WNBA draft this year, and I was I was studying the mock drafts of the WNBA this year, which I don't I, I can say I usually don't do. I really um, liked and, the Thursday night games for the for the uh, women's college games, and then the Sunday. You like you knew on Thursday and Sunday you could see women's college games, and I, I thought sure. that was important. And I, I appreciate ESPN kind of committing to that. And it brings me back to you keep putting women's sports on where people want to watch at, at times easy for them to watch and in places easy for them to watch sports. It's going to get watched because it's, it is good. Yeah, no, I agree. And and I saw somebody complain that ESPN.com um, had their head, that one of the, the top two stories on their site was were, were women's uh, college basketball. And somebody was complaining about that. And I was like, yeah. wait, give me a break. <laughs> they, they, they're covering, the games, right? they're yeah. covering the games. Of course, they're going to promote the games. Um, and, and the games were exciting. I, I mean, the games were just fun to watch. Um, and, and so I, you know, I don't, I, I hope women's basketball continues to grow. Um, and, and I think it will, um, you know, but I do think a lot of stuff came together this year that really helped that. So. So Patrick, the other, it was twofold. The reason to have you on, uh, especially getting you on here is that you were the top non yak sports podcast host. Uh, finisher on the NFL Pickums this year. That means so, I lost uh, both y'all, both y'all this year. Is that right? I, I know you lost to me because I was first, okay. but uh, <laughs> I believe I was second. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, you were the uh, the top finisher. So your prize is coming on here talking about whatever you want, uh, which we can. I want to lead though with your Washington football fandom first. You know, are you nipping at every lead of uh, buyers for that team and Snyder actually selling it? Or are you yes. uh, playing the the long game and just waiting to celebrate when it actually happens? 
I, I got to admit, I, I read every story that the Washington Post puts out. I follow all kinds of, of Washington reporters on uh, on Twitter, and every time there's a rumor, I'm looking. I, because really, the, the the rumor that I really want it to be true, and I still hope it's true, but I don't know if it will, is that Bezo, uh, Bezos buys them. And not that I'm a fan of Bezos, okay? But I think he's the one person that has the money to get them back in D.C., get them back at the site of the old RFK or build in Washington, D.C., build his own stadium. Because Washington, D.C. has already said, we're not paying for a stadium here. And so you're going to have to have somebody that's got enough money to pay for their own stadium. And that's probably only Bezos, right? I don't know if anybody else has that kind of money. So that's what I've been hoping for because I I want that team back in Washington. That's where they belong. They need to play in Washington, not in Maryland, not in Northern Virginia. They need to play in Washington, D.C. So that's what I'm hoping for. But, yeah, I've been following everything just because I want him out of there. Like, I, I just have this fear even though it looks like it's a done, it's going to be a done deal at some point soon. I just have this fear that something's going to fall through and he's going to still own that team. And next year they're going to start up the season and he's still going to be the owner. And I, so I just want somebody to buy it. Somebody. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care at this point really who I just get it out of Snyder's hands. It's all an elaborate ruse. He, he actually <laughs> isn't selling the team. <laughs> It might be. It, it might this be. was I don't this know. was to I, give him some time to dig up some dirt on all those other owners. It was all part of his plan. Oh, I I don't know. He, I, they need to. And then, of course, the the stories now are if he sells, and the new owner are they going to change the name again? I'm like, God, no, please don't. I just let's go with commanders. that. Would be a it's bad. That would be a ever. bad idea. Like at that but point, then you the become a laughing name. stock for other reasons. Like. <laughs> Yes, yes. And there's some people that wanted to go back to the original name. Well, that's not happening. That I don't know. That doesn't happen. So when are you going to have another name, which would be the fourth name that you've used in the last several years? You know, I, um, you had the original name. You had the football team. You got the commanders. Now you're going to change it again. So I don't know. Just stick with commanders. It's not that horrible. Uh, you know, I can I can live with I've gotten used to it. I say you've, commanders now. I've, I can live with that. But you've got winning I, I just football. You've got winning football in D.C. It's the Defenders. Well, <laughs> I can say I honestly have not watched a single. Oh, game. they're first place in the league, Patrick. It's on you. On. Another huge win <laughs> against the Sea Dragons yesterday. Beat Ben DiNucci. <laughs> they, beat a, they beat a team called the Sea Dragons. I don't, I don't, they beat Ben DiNucci, former JMU quarterback. <laughs> That's another, another thing I would like to say. that They beat a team with a former JMU quarterback. So that can't be can't be that great of football. Um, Just Ben DiNucci. I honestly, I don't have as big a, a, a problem. It's the Ben DiNucci aspect of it. Because if Vad <laughs> Lee was getting beat, I'd be like, well, Vad was, you know, maybe I think he's in the other it. spring. Ben DiNucci just probably threw it to Washington every play. So, Speaking of winning football, though, that's all that's going to matter. No, people will forget about the name. Well, not everybody will forget about the name. There's some out there that are going to go to their grave wanting the old name back. But yeah. most people will forget about the name. Doing it either, so. Most people will forget about the name if they win. Just be a winning football team. Yeah. That's all that anybody in Washington wants. Just get to the playoffs on a consistent basis. You don't have to go to the Super Bowl. You don't have to win this. Just go get to the playoffs on a consistent basis. Beat Dallas more than you lose to Dallas. And <laughs> Washington fans will be happy. That's 
That's it. That's all they want. And that's with any program. That's with any sports team, right? If you win, people forget about a lot of stuff that's that's happening. Um, so, and that's what I always fear. As a fan, I rooted for the team, but I always felt like if they win, Snyder's going to take credit for it, right? If they if they ever got to the Super Bowl under Snyder, Snyder was going to take credit for that and be around forever. So I'm kind of glad that they have have been so horrible for so many years because. He couldn't take credit for any of that, and now hopefully he's gone, or he will be. I was hoping he'd be gone before the draft, but that's starting to look not like it's going to happen. So let's hope he's gone before, you know, summer camp starts. I, I don't know. I just think, I to your point of they just need a winning team and put a winning product on the field, and that will solve most of the problems. You know, again, not to make you laugh about the XFL, but that Audi <laughs> – that Audi field that is where the soccer team plays, they do fill it. And it is a rowdy bu- fan base. And I'm like, man, this is – I even said when I was watching the XFL game, I was like, this is for the XFL. Like, could you imagine if the Commanders were any good? Like, that's – they couldn't pack that stadium last year, but that team was terrible. And I'm like, if they were any good, they would have fans there. They would they're, deal with the raining poop from the ceiling or whatever in the stadium – the poop showers or whatever that is like they would deal with it and still be left hand up commanders. Like they, they wouldn't care. Like, no, you're right. But that's why they need to be back in DC because there was nothing like RFK stadium. I will say Landover, Maryland. I'm old. I know I'm old, but back in the eighties, you know, watching on TV, I got to go to a few of the games there. There was nothing like that stadium when they were winning, uh, when they were consistently a Super Bowl contender, and that stadium would rock. And it was amazing. It was. It's why I'm a fan to this day, right? Because that's – I grew up – I mean, they weren't quite that good when I was first started watching football, but they were getting there. And then Joe Gibbs came in, and everything changed. And, and, and that's why I'm still a fan, because I still remember those 80s and 90s teams that just – nothing else in Washington mattered. It, it didn't matter what the bullets were doing back then. It didn't matter what the capitals were. Nobody cared about anything except Washington football. Um, and I wanted to get back to that. I don't know if it ever will, but I would love for it to get back to something close. I, I do think it will because I, I mean, I guess the caps are their biggest rival in terms of winning the fan base or winning the fans. But Ovechkin's getting ready to retire, and I've, that's going to be a lot of those fans that leave then. Like, that's going to be a lot of that success gone. So, and, and at that point, you're battling with Ravens. And unfortunately, that is a franchise that has a pretty sustained success record. Like, I know the Lamar Jackson saga is ongoing, but I that we said it on the podcast last week. The Ravens have won before Lamar Jackson. They'll win after Lamar Jackson. Like, Lamar Jackson is just another stop along the way. We've won Super Bowls with Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. Like we don't need an MVP to be our quarterback to win the league. Like Yeah, no no, I, the Ravens have have done what you're supposed to do as a franchise. They are just a consistent winner, you know? I mean, I mean, they're going to have some good years and some bad years, but but they're never going to get to the point where they're a Washington team where you're just, you know, fighting to stay out of the cellar in the NFC East. You know, if you finish third, you're thrilled. Um and then that's what Washington football has become. That's <laughs> just let's beat out one of these teams and not finish in last. 
this year. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just hope. I, I think you're right. The Capitals, you know, the Nationals, when they had this, the World Series run. But those players are gone. Were there. But it's still baseball. And, and whatever you say, baseball is just not. You know, hockey, for the most part, is a niche sport. But baseball, you know, it's just not a it's not a sport that that a lot of people follow anymore. People don't kids aren't growing up loving baseball anymore. So it's not there. And, you know, basketball, like the Wizards, they're never going to be any good. I've, I've just kind of accepted the fact that they're never going to be any good. So. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really if, if that's what the fans want. They want a football team that just does something that just is every year in the playoff race, right? Like, like you're not eliminated in, in week 10 or whatever. So, and, and, and I, I don't know, I think a new owner can get that for them. Uh, and I think a new coach, honestly, I think Rivera has to probably go after next year. Um, but I think if they get a new owner and a new coaching staff, uh, then, then they could, could be back to, to, that team that that excites the city like they did in the 80s and 90s what have you been watching lately so i have watched a lot of a lot of stuff i um just well succession yeah you got me onto it i i watched the first few episodes of that whenever it was a, a year or two ago when you told me to and i did not like it at first i think i messaged you and said hey um does this know. get better? Does, does this get any better? Yeah. I hate all these kids. Like, I hate everybody. Yeah, you're supposed to. <laughs> but I'm hooked now. And so I'm, I've been watching that. Um, there was a, a bunch of shows that just just finished. The Last of Us, um, uh-huh. which I think was amazing TV. I just, I, you know, I, I, Walking Dead, I was always, a, I liked Walking Dead for a while and then I got tired of it. Like, I just kind of felt like it just, I don't know. It's just the same storylines. I just lost interest in it. The Last of Us, I think, handled the the apocalypse so much better. Like, I just think it handled. It wasn't a zombie. It wasn't a zombie show. It just wasn't. It, it you had zombies or clickers or whatever you want to call them in the show, but it wasn't about them. And I think The Walking Dead kind of. It was. I, I think it was about people, and I just I loved The Last of Us. So I really, really. Like that show, um, Barry's coming back here mm-hmm. in next week. I think I'm excited about that. Yeah. So HBO Max, HBO Max is really good. Like HBO Max has a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Um, Ted Lasso, I'm watching that now. I'm, um, I'm a, I was late to the game because I didn't get Apple TV. I, it was one of those things I refused. I was like, I had all these other streaming services. I was like, I'm not getting one more. I'm not paying for one more. And then you know what? Uh, the show Severance was it Severance? Uh, not Se- uh, Severance. Yep. Yeah, Severance right. came on Apple on Apple TV, and I was like, you know what? This seems like the kind of weird for show I would like. So I've got to get Apple TV. So we got it, and um, and I loved Severance, and I was like, and I watched Ted Lasso, and I fell in love with that show. So I'm watching that season three now of that. So yeah, they're just the the shows that that pretty much. I don't think there's any shows out there I'm watching that nobody else is has discovered yet. Um, but in my time, those are the shows that I'm kind of trying to watch. Well, let's talk about the streaming service that is absolutely, and we'll play a game of let's see if Joe can maybe never get a contract there. Um, <laughs> the the streaming service that is absolutely not worth your money because I have one in my head. 
it's I don't know how they make money. I don't know how they still exist today. I've gone through the <laughs> library and I'm like, I would not pay for this. Like Peacock or what? Nope, not Peacock. Peacock, I get it. See, They've I got some stuff that has. I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, the one net, the one streaming service that I still have that I barely ever watch is Netflix, oh, um, no. which is weird. Um, I don't watch Netflix. I just don't. I, I, I watch HBO Max a lot. I watch mm-hmm. Disney Plus some. I, I, I guess I, I, I'm I'm not a I'm not as big a fan of the Mandalorian anymore as I used to be, but I, I am watching Disney Plus <sighs> stuff. Um, I, I love. Uh, I'm trying to think what are the other shows out hulu i haven't watched a lot we do have hulu we got Hulu's it free good. for something i haven't watched a lot of it so what's the what's it's the paramount plus like? paramount plus sucks i'll say it paramount okay, plus paramount absolutely plus. sucks what's on there what what shows are we talking if you want to watch the yellowstone plus. shows knock yourself out but then you're done <laughs> you're done i like the stand based on the stephen king book i thought that was good but now I'm at a point where, like, unless I'm on an ultimate nostalgia kick and I just want to watch kids be bad at athletics and watch The Legends of the Hidden Temple, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> it's a terrible streaming service. I don't know how Paramount Plus has money. It's bad. It's awful. I know they're trying out some new show called Rabbit Hole with Seifer, Kiefer Sutherland. I don't know, dude. I'm probably out on that. No. Absolutely not. There's something called Freebie out there. What is that? Yeah, that's free. free. That's free. I would rather have Freebie. Can Paramount Plus just go back to letting their stuff be on other platforms and go bankrupt? Like, come on. Freebie is connected to Prime or like connected to Amazon, but all their all everything on Freebie has commercial interruption. Like, it no matter what, it's not commercial. That's the way around. I haven't watched a a ton of Prime lately, although the uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel Maisel's coming back this week. So I will watch just for Joe. I just want to remind Joe right now that isn't a Marvel. (laughs) I know, but it's got marvelous, and they they've ruined that (laughs) word for me. I'll never go. I'll never watch it. Uh, So yeah, those are the shows, and those, and then. uh, the Righteous Gemstones. That's supposed to come back. <laughs> I love that show. So. Yeah, that's a great one. HBO Max so, has got um, some so bangers. HBO Max is amazing. And I'll tell you, you know what, while we're talking about streaming services, I am terrified that they got bought out by Discovery. I am terrified that Discovery is going to tear that down. Oh, so yeah, many good shows. Right now, it's so good. It's so good. It's just Those are the only... Really, the shows that are must-watch are probably on there. There's a few on the other, all the other streaming services. Again, with the exception of Netflix, I don't know the last thing I watched that I really got into on Netflix. I'm trying Night to Night Agent. Um, watch that. What, what is it? Night Agent. Night Agent. Okay. It's an action yeah. show. I mean, I might as well. I pay for, I pay for Netflix. I'm, I'm at that point where I'm afraid to not pay for it because <laughs> there'll be something on I want to watch. But I'm t- So I still pay for it. And yeah, it's only one season it. right now. So you're not too far behind. I liked it. I thought it was a great show. Um, it was high paced enough to keep me interested. But I want to go I back before we run out of White time. Oh. Did anybody watch the White Lotus? I tried no. watching that. Yeah, I did. I did. I could not. I don't know. I made it through half a season, and I finally was like, you know, I just don't the, know if this is worth my time. The first season did better, I thought, with the stress, like the the cliffhanging, like the I don't know how this is going to go down. Like, you know, you know, there's going to be a death, but you don't know who it's going to be and how it's going to happen. 
and they kind of lead you in a bunch of different ways of like you think the first season does better than the second season on that. Um, we talked about it a, a weeks ago on here. Um, but yeah, it was overhyped. I mean, I will agree. It, I mean, to a point, I agree with you. It was, it was way overhyped. It wasn't near as good as people said it was, or it thought it was like, <laughs> you could tell it really thinks a lot of itself. And, uh, it's, it's not that great. I'm glad I'm, glad I'm not the only one that thought that. Cause that's finally like, you know what? I get, there's gotta be other stuff better to watch out there. So yeah. I just, in I'm no way I'm like, Oh no, you got to pick that up. That is not what I'm saying. Like if you didn't like the first half of that first season, yeah. yep. Leland talked about debts and you talked about this show at the beginning. I don't want to give away any spoilers, man. That succession episode was great. Oh, is he caught up? Yes. Uh, I saw his Facebook post. Yeah. I never had, um, I've never been as surprised about something that happened in an episode of a show, at least not in, in a long time. So yeah, when I said, and, and here's the thing. So I, Sunday night, I was busy well, doing red wedding or whatever people always talk about. Uh, this was a bigger surprise. Oh, really? How about that? I don't so, know. So I'm watching so either. So. <laughs> so Sunday night, I'm, I'm going to watch it. And then I didn't. And so I start seeing all these tweets. Like I'm going to bed and I start watching all these tweets are like, Oh my God. And I was like, okay, I can't read tweet Twitter now because That's something's going to spoil it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it. So I was off today. I actually took today, uh, schools were off. So I took the day off from work other than going to a school board meeting. Um, I took the day off from work <laughs> and um, I, I, can't even take, I can't even take work days off from work correctly, yeah. but I took the day off and this morning I, I sat down and I watched it and I was blown away. I was blown away. I was, I, that's, I'm so sad. This is the last season. So. I know. I was going to say it's, there are a lot of shows, especially when I'm binging. I'm like, all right, I just need to get to the end of this episode. and I need to move on with my day. But that was one. And look, I, it's not an option, right? Because I'm caught all the way up and they release it weekly on HBO. Like, probably like you're supposed to. But that was one that as soon as it ended, I was like, oh, i got to wait six days. Damn it. Because like, <laughs> it was yeah, that good. I, I was like, oh, man, that's great television. I love that. Yep. No, I, I did. I, I absolutely loved it. And I'm so happy that, that, that you guys talked me into to sticking with that show. You're welcome. I'm going to get Leland been... on it. Leland knows there's no likable people, but I'm going to get him back in. Yeah. No, I, I admitted what, a week or so ago, I was like, I'm probably ready to maybe come back to that. Cause we kind of dropped Yellowstone. So like it can fill my one show of you hate everybody and watch it. <laughs> It's realistic. I mean, it's like yeah. the opposite. And you don't watch Maisel, but like Maisel, other than like one guy I don't like that I've actually heard other people come around on, you like everybody. Like there's so many great character on Maisel and like you, you just want to see what they do I don't next. need that. I not, agree. I, I, I see. That. I'm a Gilmore Girls fan as well. So the fact that it's the same writers, uh, I I just love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Plus, um, Tony Shalhoub, I think is amazing. Yeah. I think oh. he's just so good. Now I definitely won't watch it. All right, Patrick. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, whenever we can get you, we appreciate having you on. And, uh, you know, maybe next time you won't have to earn your way on like this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we're just, you know, we have so many guests just banging at our doors to get on here. Uh, but, no, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we appreciate all your coverage for the news leader that is not always uh, sports, as we've seen. Uh, but you're doing a great job. Uh, keeping us up to date on all the big stories around the county, especially with education stuff. So 
wanted to call that out and appreciate you doing that. And uh, we look forward to having you on next time. Thanks. As always, I enjoyed it. All right, Leland. Well, we want to thank Patrick again, um, but let's move this on. Buffalo Gap, we said it was a big week for them. They split. We said they couldn't get swept. They didn't get swept. So they're right here. They're staying alive in the hunt. Yeah, I mean, they they did stay there. Uh, the win against Fort was really nice. I mean, they put up 21 runs against Fort Defiance, who I think I'd seen an article or two talking about the pitching staff of Fort Defiance, and I think they threw everybody at Gap in that game, and Gap hit them all. Um, so they uh, did give up 15 runs, but still putting 21 up against Fort, good, solid win, 21 to 15. Sounds like a football score more than say, a baseball they, score. I don't know if they scored that many points in their football game. But then they play Riverheads, who had a heck of a week. Uh-huh. Riverheads beat Stuart Shraft thirteen to four early in the week, and then or twelve uh, nothing. They beat him twelve nothing early in the week, and then they beat Buffalo Gap, who we were all watching thirteen to four. And all of a sudden, you know, this team maybe a week ago, I said, I'm just not sure if you know they're quite upper echelon or not. And and the season's still young, so it's still a lot to prove there, but. Going 2-0 last week was pretty impressive by them, the way they did that. Now, they do have a Fort Defiance game this week. Then they have Wilson next Tuesday. So um, I think it's going to be interesting. They beat the team that beat Fort Defiance pretty well, so they'll go into that game with confidence. And then is it going to come to that Wilson game? And I think Wilson probably still is the favorite, but I think Riverheads, you know, obviously sitting at 2-0 right now, do set themselves up to uh, be a part of that story and part of that conversation. Yeah, I mean that'll be not this week, but next week, right? So yeah, next Tuesday, a week yeah. a week from today. They only have one game this week, so their next two games are Fort and Wilson. So yeah, so that'll be a big game when those two take on each other. But uh, and that'll just be round one. Um, and again, it'll be up to yeah. Riverheads to kind of like, like you said, it, it's still early, but it's nice to get those two wins and know that going Absolutely. into that Wilson game, as long as you take care of business against Fort, which still have to do but if you yeah. do then you're going into that game even with wilson and um yeah verse now and that's the other part of this though right because the shandua district is so tricky and we do think wilson is kind of definitely a leg up on everybody else riverheads can't afford a stumble outside of wilson if they want to catch them you can't afford to drop games to teams not named wilson memorial if you want to be a serious contender for the district title in my opinion yeah, and I mean Wilson won the district by three games last year, but they weren't undefeated in the district. So, and I think we both said this when we talk, kind of talked about the whole season. We we didn't expect one team to just go undefeated, but um, yeah, you you want to limit you want to limit those stumbles. Um, if if you are going to stumble, it better to be want to a upper level team. Um, so Wilson's kind of the only team you can say that about right now, with everybody else kind of beating up on each other. Um, so it'll be interesting. Wilson's, you know, they have these next three games. We we, we talked about. Gap and Fort and Draft and Riverheads kind of battled it out last week, you know, one way or the other. Now Wilson kind of goes on a run with, you know, three important games in a row, one of those being that Riverheads game. So, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be good. Uh, that Gap-Wilson game early this week, then Fort-Wilson uh, on Friday, and then, yeah, the Riverheads game next week. So it, it sets up well. Uh, plenty of good storylines going everywhere there. Um, but it's early. On the softball side, um, Buffalo yeah, we should- Gap – we Go should ahead. mention that was baseball in case you didn't figure it out. I don't know if we mentioned that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, <laughs> on the softball side uh, with the ladies there. Buffalo Gap, they're the team that had the fantastic week. And then we were watching them going into the next last week. Um, we said, hey, they're playing Fort Defiance, the team that went states last year, as, as did Gap. And then they have Riverheads, their rival, with a team that, you know, is going deep every year, going to states. Gap beats them both. They beat uh, Fort Defiance 5 nothing, shut them out early in the week, and then they beat Riverheads 2-1 to one in a very close game there on Thursday. So Buffalo Gap had that fantastic week. So uh, that's the kind of the leader in the clubhouse. You know, they're not in the clubhouse yet, but they're just kind of the leader at this point, and, and they'll have that tough schedule ahead and, you know, Wilson's sitting back there. They'll have an important week this week, just like the baseball team. It's, it's kind of funny how these teams kind of align with their baseball and softball teams, but um, it'll be interesting to see what we get coming out of this week because all these teams are going to get challenged again. And, and, you know, Buffalo Gap having to play Wilson will be kind of the highlight of that one. Yeah, I think it's going to be a huge, huge ball game there. And, yeah, for Buffalo Gap, it was huge to get that win against Fort because I think you and I both felt that that was still probably the best team in the district. Mm-hmm. coming into this season and for Buffalo gap to get that early advantage over Fort in a district race is yeah. huge for them. Yeah. Shut out. Anytime you shut out a team like Fort defiance, the program that that team's been, that means something. Now it doesn't mm-hmm. say Fort can't come back and win all the rest of the games or something like that. But uh, yeah, it was a great way to start it off. Uh, moving on to boys soccer. Uh, I hate to say it's over, but it kind of feels over. <laughs> it's, it's early to say that i mean it might be it was you know, a two wilson, nothing win at yeah. stanton i think it's over yeah i think stanton the program that we got used to stanton being the the state championship program that they were it just doesn't feel like they're in that spot anymore they do have a new head coach and, it, and I, I think it started in this direction on the last coach who was there for the state championship but uh you know i i do think Wilson has kind of taken over. And this is Scott Harrison who, you know, he won a state championship while he was head coach at Riverhead. So he, he knows top level play. And last year they kind of had that heartbreaker in the playoffs. And so, you know, what are they going to be able to put together this year? And I think getting through this district, the way they started is going to be a big key to that, to have that confidence of, you know, beating Stanton two nothing the first time they play, beating Stanton again when you play them later, but they're going to get challenged this week with the game with Fort Defiance. That's a solid boys soccer program. I, I, I think recently Stanton has been a bigger, better program, but I, I will still say that Fort Defiance would have a chance to, you know, put up a fight against Wilson. Um, but, I, you know, you get through this Fort game, I don't see them losing the rest of this first half of the district season, and so then you'll get the Stanton-Fort matchups again. Uh, I really do think those three teams are the ones I kind of give that credit to. Um I know Riverheads is four and two or, or three and three. Stewart's draft is four and two, um, but they already lost to Wilson. So like, I'm just not going to mention them in this, even though their overall record kind of stands out there. So I, I think Wilson, you know, you say it's over already. I, I don't know. I hate to say it when they still have another game against Stanton, but it's, it's hard to argue with that. It's really hard to argue what you're saying there. Yeah. It, it's the fact that they, beat them two nothing. Yeah. That's what, if it was a one goal match. Okay. But it was two nil. It was at Stanton. Like next game's going to be in Fishersville. I just don't see Stanton coming back for that. And I, I I do. I think the boys soccer race is over girls. I'm not ready to say that yet, but Waynesboro's draw against Stanton does not help. 
because I, I do think Wilson's starting two and zero there, and this is an this is a team that last year we kind of thought, oh, okay, they're, they're going to be up there, and and Waynesboro ended up surprising everybody, winning the district. They could definitely come back and still win this district, but they're going to have to take care of business the rest of the way out. Like, kind of like we talked about with Riverheads uh, baseball, or excuse me, Riverheads soft baseball. I'm, us- yeah. I'm usually the one that just compares things to Riverheads randomly. Which sport? Riverheads baseball. <laughs> like the ones we were talking about, Riverheads baseball. You can't stumble versus teams yeah. not named Wilson. Waynesboro, kind of, you can't stumble against teams not named Wilson. Also, don't stumble against Wilson. Like, that draw does kind of set them back here early in the season. Um, and, and you still have Ford to deal with, too, who's going to be tough. And Riverheads. I I, I like I like the point of view that maybe Stanton's stepping up with Coach Windsor Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations to her. She recently engaged, so uh, was excited to see that for her. But I, I like to think that they're stepping up and maybe that's part of the story here. That's my optimistic Leland point of view that I bring to this podcast, but I see what you're saying. Um, but Wilson a year ago, we would have said the say, same thing. Wilson didn't stumble when, when they played Stanton. Sure. But last year we would also said like Waynesboro when, when these teams tied Waynesboro or, or lost Waynesboro, we were like, Oh, that's a surprise. And then Waynesboro went on to be good. So I'm, I'm hopeful Stanton is better than we have seen them be. And they're going to create, you know, a top echelon of this district. But I, I, again, kind of agree with what you're saying. It's really hard to pull the facts to make it different than what you're saying. And I, I do think, uh, I think Wilson's going to be good again. And I, I hope they can get over that hump and make it further in those three C and, and do something there. Yeah. Down to the tennis, the, the the big story that I've really seen out of tennis, you know, I, I will probably slide past the girls because no teams are really standing out. You know, Waynesboro, kind of the, the top so far. But on the boys' side, Riverheads, picking up where they left off last year. Last year they, they were doing okay through the season and then really got strong at the end of the season and, and made a run deep and uh, had big wins uh, in the playoffs there. They've started out five and zero, three and out in the district. They beat Stanton. They've beaten Fort. They've beat they beat Stewart's Draft. Um, beaten Fort nine to nothing. I mean that's unheard of from what I remember Fort Defiance tennis being. Stanton tennis has been strong many years. Beating them six to three, very good. Stewart's Draft is a team that Riverheads. You know that was one of the big wins down the stretch last year. Was a win over Stewart's Draft. They wiped them nine nothing. So I'm really impressed. I know that's uh, Coach Norcross. Now, it's not Coach Ray Norcross. That's uh, Dylan Norcross, one of the assistants on the football team, is the head coach there for tennis. And uh, he's, he's got them playing great. So I'm really excited about that. They have a fresh new court out there at Riverheads. Uh, so I, I think that must be the, the key. There's the better facilities <laughs> down there in Greenville, uh, which it's the exact same tennis court, I think just 15 feet to one side. Um, but hey, the taxpayers got them a new uh, tennis court there and they're playing really well on it. They have a showdown this week with Waynesboro, who's also undefeated in the district. So I think that's going to really, you know, is that going to solidify what Riverheads tennis is doing so far? Or is that going to, you know, bring them back down to earth? So uh, obviously Homer Leland wants them to win. And, and I think it'd be cool because, you know, back in the days of Doris Scott coaching at Riverheads has been the last time Riverheads boys tennis has really done much. 
So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what they're able to do. I mean, Riverheads girls tennis has put a lot of individuals deep into state tournament play, but it'd be cool to see this team, you know, continue this streak, see what comes out of it. I'm sure, you know, by the end, we'll probably start talking more about the individuals and how far they can go, but Hey, let's ride the team success as long as we can. Yeah. And, and we'll see what happens as tennis gets ready to unfold, but moving to the college diamond. Um, I'll just start with, what I follow the most um, because it's it. the team I work with uh, VCU, they dropped uh, the series at St. Joe's uh, lost the first two games, but came back to win the game on Sunday. So they're three and three in the a 10 uh, 17 and 15 overall. They'll have William and Mary on Tuesday in Williamsburg. That'll be a big game because William and Mary is a very good baseball team. Then they'll host George Mason this weekend. And then it's another tough non-conference in-state opponent in UVA coming to the diamond on Tuesday. Uh, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. Yeah, next Tuesday has a lot going on. I, I, we're going to have, we're definitely going to have an early week record next week. Cause we can get ready uh, for all these big games early next week. But yeah, I, I mean, I know VCU was a tournament team last year and I'm glad that they're at least playing a little bit better from your eyes. I know early in the season, um, you know, you, you mentioned some of the pitching issues and all that, but I'm, I'm glad they're able to, you know, it seems like they're winning enough now. Um, I know losing the series to St. Joe's isn't great. Is St. Joe's a better St. Joe's St. Joe's is a team that will be in the yeah. upper echelon of the a 10. Okay. Um, they've got great bats. Um, and I think you kind of saw that this weekend. Uh, they, they put up a lot of runs. The pitching is better. It's just a question of, can they, can they keep it consistent? Um, they've gotten great outings out of their bullpen. Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons VCU has been able to kind of stay toward the top of the A-10. Um, you know, St. Joe's right now is four and two in the A-10. That's one game behind Davidson and St. Louis. St. Louis is off to a really good start in the A-10. Um, but I think VCU is going to be, I would I would be surprised if when the A-10 rolls around, if VCU is not a top three seed in the A-10. Oh, wow. Um, George Mason will be a big test for that uh, coming up because that's a team that right now is tied with them in the A-10. But uh, it's really about trying to take advantage of games when you get them. And, and this George Mason series is a big one for VCU. You got to win those because the Davidson series is going to be tough. St. Louis, when you end up playing them, that's going to be tough too. In other baseball talk, uh, you know, the team I follow most for baseball is Virginia Tech. They split with Duke. Um, they got Georgia Tech coming up. But the team mostly talked around around here is the UVA team. And they're flying high. They're a number seven team ranked in the nation, 28-4. and four. The big thing they did this weekend, they swept Miami in Charlottesville. So a big thing. I mean, I knew coming into the ACC, Virginia Tech, beating Miami meant something. Last year, when Virginia Tech beat Miami, I think swept Miami, I was like, oh, this means something. So, obviously, here for UVA, a big indicator. Now, this is a program that has played great baseball. I mean, won a national championship and all that. But still, I believe the sweep of Miami was something they hadn't done before. I thought I read a tweet like that. So, uh, very impressive. They've won 21 straight games at home. Uh, so, really working that home field advantage. And they got Pitt coming back into Charlottesville next weekend. So, uh no reason to think they won't uh, add on to those wins uh, on, you know, will they be able to maintain the streak through that? I think it's possible. So uh, a lot of excitement over there in Charlottesville. I saw uh, Barber took his kids to the game or at least one of his kids to the game. 
um, and sat out in the bleachers in left field. So uh, it looked like he was having fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's cool for them. It, you know, obviously not what I'm rooting for, but um, definitely that's quite a streak and rank seventh. They're setting themselves up for what they want to do in May and June there. And, and that's going to be a tough team. I mean, they're, they're a really good yeah. baseball team and yeah. the way they're swinging the bats right now, they are a team that is kind of what we're used to seeing out of Charlottesville. We're used to seeing UVA go deep into regional tournaments and get into super regionals and even get into Omaha a few years. So it's kind of looking more like that team versus the team we saw last year, which kind of slipped up and, and had an early exit. Yeah. Over on softball, uh, it was uh, the big, this is what I was following this weekend for the college diamond sports. Uh, Virginia tech played over at UVA and Virginia tech won on the first night on Friday night. All right. I, mean, I think it was Thursday night. Uh, it was a nine, eight game, extra innings, a lot of fun. Then the next night, five to seven lost to UVA with extra innings, but that took a seventh inning grand slam to tie the game. They were down four runs, down five to one. They had a, had a grand slam to send it to extras, but then UVA walks it off an inning later there. But then Tech comes out Sunday and just blows them out. Seven nothing, gets them off the field. That's what you do on Sundays is just win like that and get off the field. Um, so the Hokies take that series, add to the Commonwealth Cup point total and all that. So that's a solid win for Virginia Tech softball. They're sitting at 31 and nine, 11 and four overall, you know, in that range of where they want to be. Um, you know, I, I kind of swept past the baseball team already, what they did last, you know, a lot of comparisons to those two programs from what they did last spring, both hosting in the um, playoffs there in the tournament. Softball looks more on a track to have that postseason you know, success, maybe do well in the ACC tournament to even help that. Um, but sitting 11-4 in the ACC is very good. They have a huge game this Tuesday night against Tennessee in Blacksburg. That'll be a big one. That one's on ESPNU. So that'll be a fun thing to have on the TV on Tuesday night. And then they go to Notre Dame this weekend. So uh, um, a lot of fun on the Diamonds. I, I'm really, you know, gaining the optimism for Virginia Tech softball there um, as my alma mater, wanting them to win. Um, I also, you know, the other team in softball that I want to win all the time because we have coach support on and I, we went to the game a week ago. JMU didn't have a great weekend down in uh, Atlanta. Georgia State uh, takes the series. JMU won the middle game 9-0, but they lost the first and third games there. Uh, they also they have Troy coming in this weekend, but another one of those next Tuesday games. They got UVA, a game at UVA next Tuesday, 6 p.m. ACC Network. Um, so a lot to watch next Tuesday. We're going to have to maybe set up a bunch of TVs next Tuesday. I don't, I don't know. Well, as long as you got me on the, <laughs> which one do I have the volume on is probably the one with Joe on it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, major league baseball, major league diamond sport. Yeah. Major league Tampa Bay Rays are really good. They're 10 and zero. Yeah. First, they first team since 1987 on... to do that. I think I read. It's been a lot. I, I mean, first of they my haven't lifetime. played. They haven't played the top of the top. Uh, let's see. They're playing Boston. Boston's bad. That's but then that's also been one game of this. Right. I'm trying to think of the other teams they've played. I've been so worried about. My, my problem is I was watching like baseball tonight, and they they kind of made that point. So I, I'm not. Sure oh, okay. Uh, I'm pulling up. I'm pulling it up. They, now. The they played the. Okay. Yes. A's, Nationals, Tigers. Well, there you go. That's three of the worst uh, 
pro, you know, teams in the last few years. Especially and and now it's Boston, and, and they also suck. Um, yeah, I don't think a lot of Boston. The Pirates just swept the Boston Red Sox, so that's when I knew that Boston was in trouble. <laughs> Me too, and I'm a Pirates fan. I, you know, I was looking out. Yeah, and then good for the Rays. That's a hard division, so getting wins loaded up early sounds great for them. They got the Blue Jays coming this weekend. Um, you know, playing in division, Red Sox and Blue Jays this week. You know, we'll see if they're able to make it through that undefeated. I would, I would doubt that. Uh, San Diego, though, I was watching that San Diego Brave series a lot this weekend. Um, they got three or four of those games from, from the Braves. Uh, they're sitting at six and four, so most of their wins came from that Brave series, or half their wins came from that Brave series. But then they have the Mets this weekend, so San Diego kind of involved with a lot of interesting series. You know, that's two teams that spend a lot of money right there. So that'll be interesting to watch uh, the Padres and Mets this week. And look, not to bang the drum, but I'm going to bang the drum a little bit. I saw a graphic that had like the combined records of each division. Man, the AL East is just killing it. Every time the AL East plays someone not in the AL East, it's a sweep. We absolutely just barnyard beat down the Texas Rangers. We should have won the series against Boston, which is aggravating in itself. But we go out. We're playing the A's for three games. That's your, your a series O's. win. Make sure everybody knows you're talking about the O's. Yeah, that's a series win. Well, I mean, we're going to pound the A's. If we don't sweep the A's, I'm going to be a little disappointed. It, look, I am so pumped to be playing someone outside the AL East right now. And, and that's the thing. When the Orioles are playing outside the AL East, we're going to tear it up. Um the thing I can't say the same for Boston because they've already gotten swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I and look, I'll be honest. They're right now. I think they're right there. Uh, they lost tonight, so they, we are tied again with the Boston Red Sox. Um, because they lost to the Rays. Uh, they're fool's gold. The Boston Red Sox are absolute fool's gold. After we're done with this, oh, it's a four-game series against the A's. Oh, Chef's kiss. After we get done with the Oakland A's and their pathetic franchise, uh, we'll play the Chicago White Sox. Love that. Then it's the Nats. Win-win. Tigers for three. Boston for three. We're not going to stumble twice against those bums. Then we play the Tigers again. Kansas City. We don't play a good team until the Braves in May. <laughs> this is time. This is the time to do some work. Eat some... Feed on some bad baseball teams, get some wins, and then roll on. I mean, I love this team. Adley is just absolutely mashing, hit a dong tonight. Um, just fabulous baseball. Really what we need is the pitching to hold up. Stay healthy. That's the name of the game. Speaking of staying healthy, your Pirates, who have been off to a somewhat surprising start. Six and three. Playing Boston will help. Um, <laughs> they ended up losing O'Neill Cruz for yeah, a while with a fractured ankle. That's bad. Four now, months. Yeah. Brian Reynolds was NL Player of the Week, and I imagine that was I, not a hard decision. Him. That was not a hard decision <laughs> to make. That guy sing, almost single handedly won or got me a tie in fantasy this week because he just kept mashing home run after home run. I was like, "Good day." Yes, he helped me too to a win. Uh, no, no ties for me. I had to. Sweated out and got the win. Yeah, losing Eldo o- O'Neill Cruz stinks. He's a young 
spark for that team. And uh, I was, it was, you know, just last week I was saying, hey, they're kind of scoring some runs. They have some meat in the middle of that lineup. He was part of that. And so uh, it stinks to lose him. Um, but a four-month injury is better than some of these injuries that, you know, take you out a year or 18 months. So it uh, stinks, but look forward to seeing him back. And he's still young, so it, it's it's optimistic of how things will be. Uh, they have Houston and the Cardinals this week, so I think the six and three and the surprisingness, you know, all the uh, the recipes there for that to go away this week against Houston and then the Cardinals that oh, and they never play well against. But it's the life of a Pirates fan. But nah, that's what it is. Yep. Are we did the D block already. I suppose Leland. It is that D block time. Since you have nothing written, I'll kick off with what dominated my life this weekend. Aside from lots of baseball and paying attention to Virginia Tech softball beating UVA, um, besides Easter festivities and eggs of all different kinds being hidden or painted or eaten all different ways, uh, I watched golf. I absolutely got wrapped up in the Masters from Thursday on and enjoyed it. Very much. I, I generally always do. You know, I was talking with uh, Dan, who later this month I'm going to Cooperstown with, and that'll be, I'm sure, what's dominating my life coming out of that. Uh, we, he was like, you know, I'm not as into golf as you are. I don't watch, you know, much golf outside of the majors, and really the Masters is the one I pay the most attention to. I was like, dude, that's the one I pay the most attention to. It's it's the best. You know the course so well because they played it. The Masters is at the Masters at Augusta, Georgia. It's the same place every year. You know the course so well. You have all these famous shots from famous spots that whenever you're watching coverage, they're talking about it. They're seeing it. You're thinking it. Um, it was it was enjoyable. You know, Rom won. Uh, that was nice. It didn't match what was going to be best for me and my investments, but I was glad he won. He won his second major. Um you know, this is a hard time for these guys to win majors. There's so much young talent, it feels like, in golf right now. And, you know, it, I think it's hard to pick up multiple majors, and it's good for him that he's he's done that. Kepka, who has won multiple majors, he had the 36-hole lead. I mean, he had uh, – I mean, he, he was winning after three rounds and seemed like he was on his way to victory. He had multiple shot lead. Everything seemed good. I had invested in him prior to the tournament for not much money, and it was going to win me significant money in comparison. Um, he completely just fell off in the fourth round. The weather, you know, the weather of the morning, it seemed like that's what coming off the weather, the morning he started in a bad way, and then it just got worse and worse and worse. He does end up saving himself, finishing tied for second with with Phil Mickelson, another live guy. But you could see from the broadcast, particularly with Phil Mickelson, CBS backed with all the power of the of Augusta, Georgia, and the Masters, and the PGA tournament coverage that they do this year, was not rooting for these live guys, particularly Phil Mickelson. I mean, they kind of downplayed everything he did, which is fine because I don't like Phil. But Kepka not winning was definitely like you could feel the energy on Twitter, on everywhere, kind of against Kepka. Uh, the reason I bet on him is because everybody said he was back to healthy and they were surprised on how healthy he was. And uh, he really turned the corner and he was nowhere what he's been these last few years. 
And before that was when he was absolutely dominating golf. That's when he won his multiple majors and won two majors in a row and, and all that. But now since he cost me that money and per Joe teaching me how to handle this, he is dead to me. Yes. We're going to shoot him to the moon or make mm-hmm. him live in a box under a bridge. However, we need to do this uh, because, you know, he cost me, you know, enough money to really go have a good time at Applebee's, you know? And so that stinks. Oh gosh. Couldn't get those milkshakes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> well, actually, like yeah, this is the kind of money I'm talking about here. Yeah. Like that's, really good <laughs> that's interesting. Um, Jordan Spieth would have been the big, big winner for me. Um, he wasn't able to have a good last couple of days for me but oh, the last day he was great but it's the same dry, the, yeah the, the other days um but john rom winning did win me money um so i won very little i made what I, I i can go get a mcflurry <laughs> yeah i made enough i made enough money on the masters to go get a chipotle burrito um the and, thing the thing the good about chipotle burrito is you get to see it you know, twice in a small period of time. That's good. I know. Cause I got to do that today. Um, but <laughs> it's, um, I, I enjoyed the masters. It was frustrating to watch. Cause it felt like every time I had a, a second to watch it, uh, either trees were falling down or it was raining. Um, the weather, I mean, the weather was a huge story there. Thankfully and nobody got hurt. Uh, but oh my God, it's amazing. No one died in that. It's yeah. Amazing. Cause those are massive trees massive trees uh, I, near a tea box watching the video and seeing how people were moving i was amazed that no one was not even hurt i mean like yeah not even hurt and then to watch the dudes in their in their blazers and their jackets you know blowing and raking that was that was an interesting spot <laughs> yeah With the ground crew in very formal attire <laughs> um but i i i picked up on that i didn't get to I didn't watch a lot of the CBS coverage. I watched ESPN plus coverage. And then I watched a little bit of the CBS coverage on when Brooks Kepka was mid meltdown and John Rom had the lead. Um, And they were really showing a lot of John Rom. And they're like, you said, it was a little bit of a slight at Brooks Kepka at times. They're like, Hey, he's just not making the, I think there was one where he like the, he tried to chip it up and the ball rolled all the way back down. Uh, the green, and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. he just can't get it up on that hill today. And then, like you said, I was like, man, you can almost hear him grinning. Like- <laughs> there was one where he hit it. He hit it on the crosswalk. And so he's like, oh, he's down there on the CW. <laughs> I was like, yes, nice. Jim Nance dropping that. Nice, Jim Nance. Like, it was, it was so good. But I mean, the other part of the broadcast that I, a lot of people were hating on, it, it's like, okay, if you're acknowledging that ESPN stuff exists, ESPN Plus, those uh, special groups that they have, the different holes yes. they have, full coverage of, if you're saying, I'm acknowledging that, I still have complaints about the broadcasting and what I can see and can't see, okay, I'll, I'll listen to you. But if you ignore that, like ESPN plus, which is a pretty major thing, this isn't, you mm-hmm. know, um, what's this darn thing. JMU was on for two years. Flow sports. It's not flow sports. This isn't, and it's not some specific masters subscription. It's ESPN plus. Like if you're going to subscribe to any 
sports thing outside of your, you know, obviously not Paramount Plus. We know we can't have that. But ESPN Plus is the main thing to get. It's right there. You can get it. If you have DirecTV, it's right there too. Then you can't just ignore like a major way to get this and say you, there's no way of watching any golf. Now, I understand on Saturday afternoon when you sit down at 3 o'clock for the first time to watch golf and you see 15 minutes and then it zeroes into rain delay, you're going to start being a little hyper. But if you stick with it there, you're going to see all the coverage that you complained for the last hour on Twitter that you didn't see because they recorded it. They have Jim Nance talking. They, it's like they knew the weather was coming because they did. And they planned this appropriately and really packaged this well. Now, I've seen in the past when I was in college where you didn't have ESPN Plus, where you didn't see any golf until 3 o'clock, and maybe they didn't prepare as well. But at least they were prepared this time. You still got to see the golf that you wanted to see. Yes, it was a little bit later. Yes, you knew what spot they were in at that time. But I, I don't know. It's just the way it is. I guess shut up and just watch it. It's better than on Sunday when the local ESP or uh, CBS for us was showing third-round coverage in the mornings. And at 11.30, whatever show came on that was scheduled to come on on autopilot hit the airwaves. I don't know if it ever came back. I mean, they completely cut from third-round coverage. I know 15 minutes later I checked, they were still showing the other show. Like, that was, I think, worse. But that was a local issue and not a big major CBS issue. It was a local issue. But I don't know. Just like... They want you to see golf. They are going to show you golf. They're going to show you the leaders. And they did. So, like, I just, everybody's so quick to hate on everything. When Jim Nance tells you at 315, hey, we're going to show you this stuff here after the, you know, we wrap up the earlier rain delayed coverage. Like, I, I don't know. I just, people have, I don't know. I don't know. If you're not going to watch ESPN Plus, then, then don't complain about what you can't see. It's yeah, right there it is. That's the answer to your question. I want to watch golf. Right, it's right there. Um, I would say that to me, um, because I was, I and it did come back to answer your other question, because uh, I was watching in the afternoon when John Rahm was in the lead, um, on CBS, but on Sunday, on Sunday, yes. no, 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 no. That was third round morning AM coverage. They yeah, and then you said it went to whatever they were supposed to do on Sunday. I know it yeah, came yeah. back to normal. That okay, was normal. Somebody in Harrisonburg had it on autopilot, and it it, it was a it was a That's... local thing. Luckily, I had Directv. I went to what I needed to go to. Upsetting. Um, but yeah, uh, I watched ESPN Plus's coverage, and I guess there were a couple golfers that like I was interested in that weren't in the groups being followed. So that was kind of a bummer. And I had just kind of had to pay attention to what holes they were on in the little tracker and then just go hope that that was one of the holes that ESPN plus watch had. three, four five or amen. Yeah. Corner, four or, five, yeah. six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amen. Corner and all that. Um, and plus the featured groups, like I noticed when they only had one featured group playing, they were showing some other guys hitting shots. Like, well, because they got to show was, something. Um, yeah. But, or just that pink flower. One of the two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess the other thing here is that Woods withdrawing it sucks uh, in terms of that he's not able to finish these rounds anymore but I think this is kind of this has got to be it this feels like it we've said I, this at least twice before but this yeah like I just and if if he wants to do another one I just hope somebody pulls him aside and says hey man maybe 
we don't do this. Like, it's honestly gotten to the point where it's painful. I'm not a huge Tiger Woods fan, but it's painful for me to watch because I'm like, this guy obviously can't do this. And I, it's not because he's not good. It's just his body's not holding up via car accidents or the wear yeah, and tear of golf. Your leg affects your game. Yeah, it, it yeah, it has an effect. And it's it's hard to watch. And I'm like, yeah, man, some somebody stop this. Like, it's kind of yeah. like when uh, I think it was Wes Welker, like after his 10th concussion or whatever it was. And he's like, I'm coming back. And luckily, nobody signed him. And I was like, thank goodness. I don't need to see another Wes Welker concussion on the field. Like somebody just yeah. needs to be like, look, dude. And obviously, at this point, it's not as, you know, he doesn't have a head injury. So it's not going to be as bad for Tucker Woods, but it, I would think you would be able to want to walk in like 20 years. So yeah. maybe to make that a more realistic option, you don't go on the yeah. golf course anymore. Well, and if Lord knows if he goes back out there, they're going to show every shot he shoots. I mean, that's what they did doing this weekend. It was tiger watch. You could feel CBS rooting for him to make the cut. <laughs> and when he might've missed the cut, you could feel CBS rooting for the guys to drop a shot. Oh, to I'm telling you, the they you were, feel it. you could hear yeah. it. Like when they, yeah. when that, I can't remember who it was now, but when he got that bogey, it was like, Justin, Justin Thomas. Yeah. There was Justin like Thomas. Yeah. Bottles in the background. When he, yeah. yeah. Oh but my gosh. Am, I could have sworn am, I heard fireworks going off. I was like, somebody, the showing CBS him who have, they haven't shown all day on yeah. any coverage. I think on, <laughs> even on the extra coverage on aiming corner, they cut yeah. the camera off when he came up. But then all of a sudden, oh, if he drops a shot, you know, it's him or Justin Thomas drops a shot that's going to help Tiger. They start showing every shot he's shooting, and he doesn't do well either. So the yeah, announcers I mean, aren't going to that golf voice. They're like, oh, man, this is a big shot. <laughs> Hope he doesn't choke. <laughs> be a real a shame if he, on him. Yeah, be a shame if he missed. The crowd's on their feet, everybody. Defense. Defense. <laughs> I'm not going to lie and say I don't – like, I, I've grown up being a Tiger Woods fan. I mean, I was – 12 years old when he tore Augusta apart the first time. So I'm absolutely has have a long history of being a Tiger Woods fan. I will say my fandom has molded in, in more recent years into something different than it was, but it, I'd still watch him. I still want to see every shot he shoots. So that's why they show him. My mom was asking, you know, when they show these tournaments, like, do they just show everybody, you know, just, she hasn't watched that much golf. She doesn't understand. And I was like, they're going to show what you want to see. They're going to show the leaders. They're going to show the big, you know, the at big least names. if the big names are doing something good, if a big shot happens, they'll come cut to it and show it, you know, in minor delay. And then everything Tiger Woods does like <laughs> they like, that's just what people want to see. And I'm not going to say I don't like it, but I don't want to see him hobbling around a golf course. Like I said, we've said it twice before that this has got to be it, that he's going to be done. And he's proven us wrong twice before. I, it just does. It just does feel like it. I think we said similar stuff with like Tom Brady. Oh, he's gonna got to retire soon. He never does. Never does. But this does feel different. It feels. It feels like it when you see him hobbling that much. You know. I mean, he has. He's citing plantar fasciitis, which isn't caused by a car wreck, but is caused by you using your feet and legs differently to make up for how your legs and feet aren't working. Like it all goes together, and that's not going to change. He's missing part of his leg. That yeah. has an impact. Um, what dominated your life this weekend? Gosh. Well, we talked about succession. That was great. Um, but I, I'll talk about it. hockey has been exciting and it's getting exciting. It got exciting tonight uh, while we recorded. Um, 
my brother, who I joke with him that he's a season ticket holder to the Caps games, got to watch the Caps play the role of spoiler. They beat the New York Islanders five to two. That was a game that like a minute into the game. Is their coach still there? Is their old coach still there? I don't think so. No. Um, trots. A, yeah. No. A, a minute into the it was trots. Uh, a minute into the game, the Caps were up two nothing in a game that really, if the Islanders win, they're pretty much locked into the playoffs. All they've got to do is win. But because their last game of the year is against Montreal and nobody loses to Montreal. So they go to this game. Caps have absolutely zero to play for. Caps are eliminated dead. Caps leap out, leap out to a two, nothing lead, end up winning five, two. Now the Islanders no longer control their own destiny. They have one game left on the schedule. It's Montreal. They'll win. Their problem is going to be the team that absolutely can pass them now is the Pittsburgh Penguins, who play the Chicago Blackhawks at home, who suck, and the Columbus Blue Jackets on the road, who suck. The Columbus Blue Jackets might have the first overall pick suck. The Chicago Blackhawks are not the Chicago Blackhawks, if you are a casual hockey fan, that you remember. Patrick Kane, not on that team anymore. Uh, Almost all the names you remember, gone. Just traded away. The Florida Panthers are the other team that is competing for that last playoff spot. They lost a heartbreaker in overtime to the Maple Leafs. Had they won, they would have been locked into a playoff spot. But now they've got to win at home against the Carolina Hurricanes, which that's going to be tough. Carolina Hurricanes are really good. That might be the Islanders' best shot is that they can get a win in their finale and the Florida Panthers lose in regulation to the Carolina Hurricanes, who absolutely still have something to play for because the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers, the top three teams in the Metropolitan Division, all competing to win that division. Uh, That's going to be really, really tough uh, and and will be an exciting finish there in in the Metropolitan. Uh, The Bruins are the one seed, so they will play either the Florida Panthers or... Islanders or Penguins. Whoever finishes last in the second wild card spot, that's who the Bruins will get. Um, now, you might be thinking the Bruins, they just set the record for most wins in an NHL season. That's amazing. They've got to be the Stanley Cup favorite, and they are. But there is a kind of curse in the NHL when you win the President's yeah. Cup, which is the best regular season record, you tend to not do very well in the postseason. Only one team in the last 10 years has won the Stanley Cup that won the President's Cup. That was the Chicago Blackhawks. I think that's kind of at the limit of that 10-year window. Um, And otherwise, they don't win a lot. And I got to be honest. I think they'll get out of the first round. But, man, that second round, you're probably playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that has sustained postseason success, or the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't, I'm going to say the lightning. Cause I, speaking of curses, the Toronto Maple Leafs cannot win a playoff series. It is. Yeah. Well, you're down on all the Canadian teams against their blood. Well, for good reason, they suck. Um, <laughs> that yeah, being they, Canada doesn't know how to play hockey. So. That being said, the Winnipeg jets will win one of the wild card spots in the West and the Edmonton Oilers are in the playoffs. Um, your Colorado avalanche are in a pretty good spot. They're still going down to the wire with the Dallas stars nipping at their heels for the central division title. Um, And obviously winning your division 
helps because then you get to play a wild card team versus one of the other good teams in your division. Although the NHL playoffs is going to be full of good teams. There aren't going to be bad teams making the playoffs. The Kraken are in. That's the newest team to the NHL. I think this is year two for the Kraken or year three. Uh, my math is that can't be year three. Probably off. I need to look. <laughs> it's they're not old. Yeah, two two sounds right. If you would have told me it's their first year, I'd have believed you. No, but no, no. It, there's no way it's three. I think it's year two. It, and I'm like I'm saying, it might be year three, but I think it's year two for the Kraken. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, and honestly, they're going to be a tough out. Um, that's a really, really good hockey team. And that's going to be a, probably a wild card team. But they have a shot to get into the top three in their division and avoid the wild card. Honestly, I'd love to play the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs if I was the Kraken. I, I think that's a great win. That's another one of those Canadian teams that won't win a Stanley Cup. And then you're looking at, can the Avalanche get back? I don't think so. Not this year. Um, the Dallas stars are a pretty good hockey team. Vegas is always going to be tough in a postseason. Um, even Crack though in year two, yeah, even though Edmonton has won seven straight, I'd still really like to play them in the playoffs. I think they're going to run into a ice wall there and, and not make it out into the Stanley cup playoffs. So who you, uh, um, did you just pick a winner or are you doing that next week? I want to see who's in. Okay. I got to be honest. I had a future beginning of the year on the Carolina Hurricanes. They are in a position to be positioned well in the playoffs. But the Carolina Hurricanes have some injuries and have not been playing the greatest hockey down the stretch here, uh, which worries me a little bit. Those guys back from injury here going to the playoffs, I'm going to help. That's not going to be a thing. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm not going to let you off the hook in the NBA. Their playoffs are set. We do know who is generally in. We have some play-in tournament this week. Um, with the, uh, We'll talk more about the play-ins. I think the Heat and the Hawks uh, are the 7 and 8. The winner of that game will be in the playoffs as the 7 seed. The loser will have to face the winner of the Raptors and the Bulls. All those will head to the higher seeds. Then the playoffs get going this weekend in the East. Same in the West. The later games on Tuesday and Wednesday. The Lakers and Timberwolves are in that 7-8 game. Winner will go will be in the playoffs from there, and then uh, Pelicans and Thunder. You know the highlight I think out of those teams that are actually in it is what happened with the Timberwolves the other day. Uh, Rudy Gobert lost his mind during a timeout, starts trying to hit one of his teammates. Teammate might have deserved some reaction, but it's just it, here's Rudy Gobert again, just being solo an idiot. I mean, this is like the only way to say it. Like, I just don't like this guy. Every time I, I feel like I hear about him specifically, other than, you know, Goldberg with 23 points, eight rebounds, you know, anything outside of that is him being wrong. And, you know, immediately has to issue the apology of, you know, I reacted incorrectly to my teammate and all this. And I don't mind teammates fighting, but you just, you can't be throwing punches to anybody during the game, period. You just, you can't hit your teammates, your coach, the other team, the refs. The fans, you can't. You can't be throwing punches. And here's Rudy Gobert doing that. So I'm I'm done with him. Not that I was ever really a big Rudy Gobert fan, but I just it's just ridiculous with him. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or you know, these play-in games. I you know, I, I think it's funny that LeBron James is in a play-on game. I just if if I just I just feel like he should have his team 
better than that. And I know he was hurt some, but it's not like they were good when he was there. Sure. Um, I will say that when you look at what in the West in particular, the experts like the four through seven seeds more than the top three seeds to win the West. Yeah, Memphis is a different team than they were a lot of the year. Memphis is a different team. Um, Denver Denver? is kind of a team that I think experts are worried in a playoff series that they're not going to be able to hold up with their style. Like it works in a one-off, but regular season. But when you get to a prolonged seven-game series, it's not going to hold up. Um, Honestly, if you're looking for value in the first round, it's one of the ones that's already set. Golden, I I do think Golden State might win this series, but the the juice you're getting with Sacramento is worth the squeeze. That I'd sprinkle a little bit on that if you're you know okay. if gambling is your deal, because Sacramento is a very very good team at home. Played really well this season. They've got home court advantage against Golden State. I think this series could go either way. If wow. I'm forced to pick, I think Golden State. But man, the sports books are heavy on Golden State to the point yeah. where I'm like, all right, like I'll, you know, put a couple bucks on it and see what happens. Um, I think I, when you talk about putting some money on something, the Suns, I think I put money on the Suns when they got Durant. I think I got a future then. Oh, I'm not talking about to win the title. I'm talking about in this Golden State series. Well, in this series. But yeah, I mean, I, the Suns will have to do that too. I think they're the favorite. They are not worth, game. that is not worth the squeeze in the Clippers series because that is so yeah. heavily in the Suns' favor. Yeah. So yeah, when you're saying they're favoring the four through seven seeds more than the top three seeds, I mean, the Suns is kind of where that line starts. and. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the reason I threw some money in the Suns' direction back in, what was that, January or February. Um, I I just, I'm I'm to the point where I'm eager for the Lakers to be eliminated just so we can not talk about them. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Suns are kind of what I'm pulling for overall out of the West, mainly because of my investment, but also, it, you know, from what I've seen happen. Another reason you might be rooting for the or might think the Warriors are going to make it out of the West from the six seed. I just I would be surprised a six seed coming out of the West, but I mean, I mean they've been hurt that, a lot of the years. That would be too. the team to do it with with yeah. Steph Curry and all those guys. That would be the team to do it. Be a six seed out of the West. So that's a team that's kind of getting healthy at the right time. Yeah, it's Golden State, and I, I do think the Lakers will probably win their playing game against the T Wolves. Yeah, Pelicans Thunder. I don't know if I care. And yeah. uh, Zion's not playing, right? No. Yeah. So I, I don't, don't know. The Heat, the Heat will probably beat the Hawks, I think, um, just because historically. I think it could be a really good game. I think that could it might be a, be a really, really good, good game, game but the Heat, playing for something. the Heat have their number. So I think they win. And honestly, Heat versus Boston, that has a nice storyline to it. Um, whereas I don't think Atlanta Boston does. I mean, Atlanta, anybody don't have a, doesn't have a storyline. Fair. <laughs> Bulls, Bulls, Raptors, like you said, is the other play-in. I don't – man, these 9-10s, I don't know if I care. The 7-8s, I – at least they have something, right? Like, in the West, it's LeBron. In the East, it's the chance to have Miami-Boston. 
I, I, I don't knows. mind the play-in tournament happening. Like I, I don't like, mind the play-in tournament happening well, either. I, I think care, it's good. I don't mind. Yes, yeah. I think it's good, but poof. I could not watch this first round. I will watch probably some of the Sacramento Golden State stuff because, as I said, I've, as I've alluded to, there's maybe an investment on that. But Yeah, I got my Phoenix Suns future, and if I, if I win here, uh, I could buy my own dish at Applebee's, so it'll be good. All right. Applebee's back on. Get, play the song. I, get, I could get whatever steak I want to get at Applebee's. Get the song ready. Um, <laughs> so who do you got? Overall, who you got? I think that's where we got to by through all this talking. Oh, um, so I let you out of hockey. Next week you have to do it. Who do you got in the NBA? Who you got playing in the finals, and who's winning it? <laughs> Give me the Bucks. Okay, and. The Suns. Again. I'm going Sixers, Suns. I have the Bucks beating the Suns. I got the Sixers beating the Suns, even though it ruins my... Well, let me tell you why that won't happen. Philadelphia is cursed. Every time a team gets to the championship, they have lost. They're on like a bit of a streak there. Yeah. I think they've been this team that just feels due, and they keep having these guys come through there that don't help it. And I just, for some reason I bought in, I'm doing it for John Leonard. Let me, let me just, Oh yeah. I'm just doing, doing it for John Leonard. And I've said, I've said mean things about Embiid and how I don't like him and how he is just, I just want to play in basketball. I don't, I don't need anything else out of him. Excuses and lack of effort at times. He's been playing a lot better these last two years, three years, I think. And so I think they're due. I think they're due. So that's that's why I'm taking them. You were talking about punching people, though, with Rudy Gobert. It did bring up that uh, there was a Liverpool defender who got elbowed in the throat by a referee this weekend against Arsenal. By a referee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the league, the Premier League is investigating that, which is fun. Um, well, I'm glad I brought something up to give you a chance to talk about uh, They're not great. I did, want to hear, I did want to hear one more basketball thing while we are there. The Dallas Mavericks, I'm just the, – the noise you hear is me laughing at them. It's just like I love that they went out and got Kyrie and then it ruined their season. And now apparently hearing the, the rumor mill today that – that he, uh, that um, They're being investigated. Their main guy, no, but their main guy wants out. Oh, Luca. Um, Luca wants out. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. Luca wants out apparently. Like he doesn't – he knows Kyrie's not going to be there, but he wants out too. I just – I kind of think that's special. So there is going to be a point where I don't know. We'll see what Mark Cuban does. I <sighs> they won a championship. Cuban has won a championship. I don't. I don't know. Maybe Luca does end up getting traded. I don't think he will. I I think that's going to be a thing where Mark Cuban kind of yeah. I think they'll roll over on anything to keep him. Yeah. Bucks up against Luca and it's like, look, we're gonna make this work, but you're you're gonna be here. Um, yeah, yeah. And I I think there's already talk of in an effort to combat load management and the alarming number of games that players keep missing. 
in the regular season uh, that they're going to make a mandatory minimum of 65 games for you to play for in a post, year for, for awards for postseason awards. Yeah. Um, so I, well, I think it's regular season awards, isn't it? Postseason awards. Wouldn't make oh, yeah, sorry. I just said postseason. Yeah. For season awards. They yes. get after the season. I said it with the wrong phrase. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good start. Again, I think something that a lot of these leagues could look at, and I know you hate it, but I think it's a great way to sell something extra to TV rights holders. It's a great way to get ticket revenue with the potential of lost regular season home games for a sport like the NBA, which has a problem with players sitting out a lot of games because they don't think they matter. For Major League Baseball, that has just too bloated of a schedule. If you throw in some in-season tournaments. NBA is doing that. Yeah, I'm just saying, I think that's a great idea for the NBA. I, the NBA is doing that. Yeah, the Major League Baseball needs to look at that too. And I know Major League Baseball is going to be slow to this. And yes, when you start it, it is going to be like a forced thing. But all of these tournaments that happen... All these leagues, all these trophies, they all had to start at some point. And there, weren't, there wasn't history behind it when it started. But then history builds. You put something behind it. I, I mean, I think with the NBA, it's smart because they have a more international audience than I think a lot of the leagues do. So I think it's not surprising that they're going to be the first ones to do it. Yeah. It's but fine. Again, I think it, it would help I mean, baseball. I think, if honestly, baseball could cut the, their regular season in half and it wouldn't matter yeah, I mean, to the that, casual fan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's. I'm not even advocating for you to do so that. It's not going to happen. Like nothing no. even close to that's going to happen. I'm so not that's... saying you cut it in half, but I'm saying if maybe instead of having this absolutely pointless All Star game and and everything that that is, you just make that an in season tournament, and you just have the teams play, and then. You can put a week after that in-season tournament, there is a break for the players, and you just have the break. But you have this in-season tournament to replace some regular season games. Maybe you t- shave 10 games or 20 games or whatever off, and you, you have an in-season tournament. And then the winner of that in-season tournament, I don't know, gets a guaranteed playoff spot or something. Like... Yeah, throw something behind it to make it an incentive for the teams. It gives these teams that maybe in fan bases that otherwise would not have any hope, some hope of winning something. Like, I, I there are ideas there to sell. And I, let me tell you, TV rights holders love the idea of one-offs. That's big for right. them. They they love that you could sell that easily. Yeah, and, and that's the, what I'm talking about. Like with this like in-season tournament for baseball. I'm not talking about a series. I'm talking about one-offs. Like it's winner moves on, loser is out. Like it's not a best of three. It's not a best of seven. Yeah. Like the world baseball classic gets to like, yeah. Right. And you can use I, the regular season standings as like at that point in the season as the seating, if you want, and just say, all right, we're going to play this thing down. Like, let's see what happens. It just a grand number of shaving off games from the overall isn't going to happen. There might be some minor because, like, with these tournaments, I think twenty is minor. And, huh? I think twenty think, would be minor. 
20 out of 80, you think that's a minor number? I'm talking about baseball. You think quarter? Oh. 20 oh, out of 162 sorry. would be I'm going up on the league that actually is doing it and then not talking about the league that would, would do it. Um, yeah. For 162, yeah, that's... No, in the NBA, it would have to be something like five, probably. Yeah. And, and, or and six, even, I like, guess, to make it an even number of home and away games that you're losing. Yeah, it's not because they're so wrapped up in these, you know, the owners getting, you know, selling home games and all that, but also those local TV rights that have that many different nights that they get to host. Because, like, these midseason tournaments, those – I don't know how that's going to work with the with the – local broadcasting either and like that seems like something more that tnt and espn is going to handle so i i don't know yeah it's gonna be interesting i'm eager to see how a mid-season tournament in the nba works um i think it's gonna be really successful i hope that it helps me understand what's going on in soccer better (laughs) i think it's gonna be really successful i mean these in-season tournaments are successful over there like they're they're big deals and yes they have the long history behind it but again i think that's a way i you got to start at some point, and this is a way to make money. And I think that increased TV revenue is honestly a way in the NBA. I don't think they're talking about shaving off regular season games. But if you did that in Major League Baseball, I think that's a great way to pitch that to the owners of these MLB teams. Yeah, you might lose some gate revenue, but look at all the money we just got from this midseason tournament. Let's throw this into the mix. Also, hey, Tampa Bay Rays you weren't selling out exactly at your home games. So you're actually probably going to make more money off this than you would in the gate revenue. Hey, Oakland days who could host a game of silent library and a reboot of the MTV show, like at your baseball games, like you're not losing money off us shaving off 10 home games for you. Like I, some of these teams and you got to recognize you're not selling out these games. I, there's no way they can say they're making money on those home games. When the Oakland days are playing the Colorado Rockies, there is no way they're making money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Oakland A's hosted the angels and it was an empty ballpark. The most exciting thing that happened in that series was Anthony Rendon tried to punch a fan, which is not exactly good news. If you're major league baseball. Yeah. I get for the Yankees and the Red Sox and maybe some of these bigger franchises, like that's a big deal losing 10 games, but you got to look at the overall health of your sport. And I think the overall health of your sport is you have too many regular season games. Why was the world baseball classic amazing? Cause you had a small pool play of the absolute best players in the world. You had international fans getting behind their teams, behind their countries. And then it got into the knockout round and that was it win or go home. That's exciting. That's high stakes. If you put high stakes and, and again, it doesn't have to be a guaranteed playoff spot. Uh, Major league baseball can figure out whatever that would be, but just put some stakes behind it and teams will care and players will care. It'll be something they want to win. Maybe there's some financial incentive for players. I don't know, but that. It, it keeps an engaged fan base in Pittsburgh that is going to check out come June when they're eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. Can, we would, have a, can we have a play-in tournament right now? <laughs> that's the thing. Like, can we have it this week when, it, when we're playing good? When the All-Star <laughs> game's going on in July and Pittsburgh Pirate fans don't care anymore or Oakland, Fate, Oakland A's fans don't care anymore, that gives them at least 
one game to be like, hey, let's see if we can win this stupid thing. I I don't know. I don't know how that hurts your sport, other than dinosaurs belly aching and moaning like they still are about the rule changes, even though dinosaurs are the only ones still complaining about this. The I new rule changes about how, they, I how much it. they hate the DH. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I love the new rule changes that they've instituted. <laughs> The pitch clock is working no, great. The batter was, clock I is working great. About the DH from long ago being instituted. Oh, I know. But here's the <laughs> like, here's literally. here's the yeah. I'm going to let Major League Baseball in on a secret. Don't worry about what the dinosaurs are complaining about because they're going to be dead soon. You need to get the yes. people who aren't going to your games or aren't watching on TV. Which I, by the way, Major League Baseball, get rid of the blackout rule. It's killing your sport. You stupid idiots. I honestly think. Sit in a room and say, "Hey, how can we make it harder for people to watch our sport?" You stupid idiots! I do like the new rule changes. I I don't have to whisper that. I like the pace of the game better. I actually have failed myself. I I used to try to cut on a baseball game, uh, like on my iPad or something, just over to the side while I'm working. The action is happening where I can't do that anymore. Like, you know, you'd watch a guy pitch a ball. They're stepping out. I go back to my work and then I'm not like the next pitch could happen in the head and something could happen. And I'm just not, I'm not in it, but now the pitches are coming so often I'm, I'm kind of locked in. So now I'm looking into like what radio options I have because I don't, I don't think I can handle the visual uh, while I'm working. So uh, it's good. It's, I think it's good. There's more hits and stuff. The games are moving along quicker. Uh, I like that the shift is gone. I, I just, I know, they can, still shade. I know they can do some of the outfielders do it. But like, I, I don't like when the whole, it just seems like everybody's over between first and second base or the other side. It's just, I, it's, it just doesn't look like the game. I grew up playing when it looks like that. So I like that it's gone. Yeah. It's more balls in play that helps the sport. Yeah. And honestly, that's something like, again, the people complaining and the people complaining about the pitch clock. I'm like, this isn't and baseball. Like plays are up or something now, too. Yeah. This isn't baseball. I love double play. Double plays are my favorites. <laughs> well, because people are on base, so you can turn double plays. Yeah. But there's a, yeah, there's a person on first, but the guy's also standing where he can yeah. turn it. I'm like, this I isn't baseball. They fact. shouldn't be rushed. Sometimes a pitcher's sitting there thinking about what they want to throw and that, and the hitters need to be thinking about what the, how they want to approach the at bat. And it gets rid of that high pressure moment. Shut up, get in the box, throw the ball, hit the ball. That's baseball. Nobody is going to miss the four hour game. Nobody at home watching TV misses four hour long baseball games. I love baseball and I don't miss that. I love sitting down watching the Orioles at 7 o'clock, knowing chances are by 9.30, that game might be over. I love that. Because it used to be, and God help me when we play on the West Coast. Because before, it was like, I'm going to stay up to watch us lose at 1.30 a.m. in a heartbreaking fashion. Now, if I'm up at 1.30 a.m., that game has been into extra innings for a while. Like, and it still might happen, and I still ha- might have my heart ripped out, and then the next day I'm going to be in a bad mood. But chances are that game's going to be over shortly after midnight. That's what baseball what's gonna, needs. What's going to be fun is watching one of the many Red Sox-Yankees games that they throw on ESPN all the time. Oh, my that gosh. That isn't ending after midnight when it started at 730. Like, it's, it's yeah. going to be nice when it ends in the 10 o'clock hour. It's going to be cool. 
And honestly, part of me hopes that they try. They the Yankees and Red Sox players forget because I would love to just watch the umpire just strike three, strike three, strike three. Yeah. Just K batters who don't get in the box or pitchers who don't throw the ball, and then the bases are loaded. And Aaron Judge hits a grand slam for my fantasy team, and I laugh all the way to the bank. Like I. Yeah. I love that. Every time Manny Machado getting ejected was the funniest thing. When he's sitting there arguing with the umpire about the batter clock. And I, in a group text, I was like, I should have known that Manny Machado was going to be the first one. Like, it just, when it happened, you're like, that makes sense. But I, I don't have any sympathy for this. Get the game going. This is what the game needs on TV. Yes, people at the ballpark might not enjoy it. They might not be getting as much for their money or whatever. But honestly, your money is not made at the gate. If you're major league baseball, your money is made in TV rights. Everybody's real money is made during TV. And as the regional networks go again, get rid of the blackout rule. You can have people watch from wherever they are in the country, which honestly, I don't know why you're whispering. Those guys can't hear you. If they're they're paying you money, they should be able to watch whoever they want, whenever they want. That should not be a thing. The fact that Major League Baseball still has blackout rules shows you how incredibly stupid the people in charge at Major League Baseball are. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Honestly, I, I hope the regional networks die quicker because that's the only thing holding the Orioles back, apparently. I'm being told we can't spend money because we don't know what's going to happen in a Masson lawsuit that's been going on for over a decade. Great. Let's get rid of Masson. Let's get rid of the regional network. Regional Network's on the way out. Just have your stupid games on MajorLeagueBaseball.com. Just do it. MLB TV, you got this nice shiny thing that people are trying to pay you for, and folks here in this area can't watch the Orioles or the Nationals because it's blacked out. Why? Because Major League Baseball is dumb. And even the older generation that you are saying, you know, they won't be able to come to they're figuring it out for other sports. They really are. Like. You Football's hear going to Amazon. They're figuring USB it out. And all that. They, they tout their, their online numbers. And that's not all 18 to 36 that are doing that. Like, there is people older than 40 that are figuring it out. So, like, just, just If the it. old people just can watch Notre Dame football on Peacock, they can find Major League right. Baseball on MLB exactly. TV. Exactly. Like, exactly. it's not hard, folks. It's not hard. Major League Baseball, stop coddling the cable companies. And I got news for cable companies. That might be the only reason Major League Baseball still does it. Because as soon as Major League Baseball leaves, what does cable have? Cable, if it's not for sports, cable dies. (laughs) If it's not for sports, I'm telling you, cable dies. I don't know. (laughs) There's, There's a lot of these people of the generation we're talking about right now that watch news networks nonstop. So You can get those on other things, though. A lot of them have their own apps now. That's what they need. They just need uh, those news networks to be online only, and every old person would have automatically know how to get online and watch something. Get NASCAR online only. Every you know, you're good. Lead the <sighs> way, NASCAR. Not even watched that. They had their dirt race uh, again, and I was. A hundred percent. I actually not forgot all about it. I barely knew it was happening. And Dan said, he's like, I mean, it's been advertised pretty well. I was like, has it? I, I watch sports all the time and I have no idea that Bristol mud is happening this week. I did know it was happening. Cause 
they were advertising it some on the XFL stuff because some of that's on Fox. And I haven't watched Fox since Big East tournament. I think there was some baseball on Fox too that I was watching. It was like, oh, don't forget to tune into the Bristol race. And I was like, mm. after the Masters and DC Defenders, probably not. But I forgot all about it. All right. Let's get out of here. If you have not already subscribed to us, now's the time. Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify. Make sure you tell your friends to do the same as we were talking local sports, just like we did today, talking about all these spring sports, getting interesting with big games happening. we got big games to talk about next week. And if you want to interact with us, interact with us at Pod on Twitter or Facebook. Email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. We look forward to covering all these big games happening next week. Um, and uh, I think I'll have been to a Virginia Tech spring game but before then, too. So I've seen some of these players and seen Brett Pry coaching in person. Uh, so hopefully I have that to talk about. Hopefully that's what has dominated my life. But either way, we'll be back next week to talk about all the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.